going to read some verses from the New Testament, and it's Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 9, and verse 1. And if you're reading from the Church Bible, it's page 917 to help you. So it's Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Before I read it, I just want to throw out a little challenge to you. Away from the emotion of the music and the choruses, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Do we? Do we want to see Jesus in 2020? Or do we just sing it because of the nice hymn, nice music in a church? I want to see Jesus. And we're going to read about a man here. Good Graham. We're going to read about a man here who saw Jesus. And we'll see the change that came about in his life. In Acts chapter 9 and verse number 1, and it's a well-known event, and it says there, then Saul... So we're talking here about a man called Saul of Tarsus. He wasn't a good man. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way. That just means people who were trusting in Jesus. People who were following Jesus as the way. Whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he's going to bring these Christians from Damascus to Jerusalem bound. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly A light shone around him from heaven. And then he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now at this point, I want you to watch the language very carefully. Because this is important. So the Lord's saying, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand, And brought him into Damascus. 
And he was there three days without sight. And he neither ate nor drank. Now just very quickly over in Philippians chapter 2, page 980 in the church Bible, just a couple of verses. I don't know if we'll have time to refer to them, but there it says, Let this mind be in you, in verse number 5, Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant or a slave, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance or as fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. Amen. Lovely verses. May God bless the reading of his word this afternoon. Now here's an extraordinary event in the life of this man called Saul of Tarsus. You know, if this event had happened to you or me, we would also be saying it was pretty extraordinary. Here's this man, a self-righteous man. He was called a Pharisee and whom the Lord met on the road to Damascus. And it became a life-changing moment in the life of Saul. You know, he was the last person that people would have thought that he could have had such a thing happen to him. A meeting with the Lord Jesus as he went to Damascus. The Christians, when they heard about it, could hardly believe it. This man, Saul of Tarsus, this persecutor of the church, the persecutor of the Christians, they could hardly believe when they heard about this great event on the road to Damascus. When Saul of Tarsus met with the Lord Jesus Christ, or should I say, when the Lord Jesus met Saul of Tarsus. First of all, there was a great light from heaven that would knock him off his mule. Now, doesn't he tell us what he was traveling on, but I'm quite sure it wasn't any kind of vehicle. It would be a mule or a donkey, perhaps. A light from heaven knocking him off. Then out of this light there comes a voice. It was the voice of the Lord Jesus. There is no doubt that Saul of Tarsus was being met by a supernatural person. This was no ordinary situation. This was a shock for Saul. This was something that was unexpected. But when that voice told him that, Saul, you're persecuting me. And the voice then said, it was Jesus. This is more than Saul of Tarsus could bear. The voice saying, you're persecuting me, Saul, and I am Jesus. 
And Saul could not bear this. He's off his donkey. He's off his mule. He's on the ground. Now here he is. What is he doing? He's traveling to Damascus. Now, some geography. Damascus was the capital of Syria. It was positioned about 60 miles from the Mediterranean Sea to the east of that. It was some 160 miles from Jerusalem. So Saul had came from Jerusalem. So he traveled, he was nearly at Damascus, so he must have traveled around, I don't know, 150 miles with these men behind him. Saul of Tarsus tells us he was a man who was a brilliant man because he studied in Jerusalem. It tells us in chapter 22 of the book of Acts that he studied under someone called Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee. It tells us that in chapter 23. He was a man of position. He was also a Roman citizen, probably inherited from his father. So he had all these attributes, Saul of Tarsus. He was well thought of. And he's breathing out threatenings to the people of God. He's breathing, breathing out threatenings to the church, something that indeed that would trouble Saul of Tarsus for the rest of his life. Against the disciples of the Lord Jesus. His energies were directed in hatred towards the people of God. But Saul of Tarsus was about to find out that his energies were going to be diverted. Not to hatred, but to love and compassion for the people of the Lord Jesus. So... This light that shines from heaven and he falls to the ground. It tells us in chapter 26 that the men who were with him, they also fell to the ground. It tells us there that when we were all fallen. So all these men in this terrible mission they were on, they're now in the ground. That's significant. They're on the ground. This man, Saul of Tarsus, it tells us he was advanced in Judaism. He was beyond many of his contemporaries. Trying to destroy the church. All-powerful situation. And where is he now? Where is he now? He's on the ground. He's on the ground. And you know why he's on the ground? Because Jesus has had a dealing with him. You see, no matter how brilliant this man is, no matter all the attributes that he's got, no matter the mission that he's on, he's on the ground. He's on the dust. He's in the dust. You see, that's what happens. When God starts to work in a life, things change. And I tell you, things change big time. And they certainly were changing here for Saul of Tarsus. And somebody has said better than me, he heard a voice articulating to him. It was the voice 
of the Lord Jesus. Saul, he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 4. Why are you persecuting me? Now, what's the language here? Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Verse 5, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Verse 6, we've been talking about fear today. Saul, verse 6, he's on the ground. What's Saul doing? He's trembling. He's astonished. He can't believe what's going on. This was more than Saul could bear. He's in the presence of Jesus. And he's astonished. I was at a family service up in Ayrshire recently. And before we broke, we had the breaking of bread service. People were sitting quietly. And this young man, a new convert, a new Christian, he stood up. And he told us he was astonished. He couldn't believe he was here. He couldn't believe that he was in God's house because his life had been so bad in the past. You see, that's what happens when the man or woman, young person, meets and truly meets with the Lord Jesus. We're astonished at what God can do to us, the change he can bring about in our life. Then Saul says, again, watch the language, Lord, what would you have me to do? Totally submissive. Remember this man, the mission he was on, the brilliance of the man. He's now in the ground and he's crying out, Lord, what would you want me to do? something else here there was a man in Luke chapter 19 called Zacchaeus we tell the children about Zacchaeus he climbed a sycamore tree he couldn't he was a small man he couldn't see the Jesus for the crowds so he climbs the tree and then Jesus tells him come down from the tree Zacchaeus I'm coming to your house for tea and the Bible tells us that what Zacchaeus did, he was a man who had defrauded people. And the Bible tells us in Luke 19 that what Zacchaeus did, he said, I'm going to give half of my goods to the poor. I'll become a Christian. I believe in this Jesus. I'm going to give four times back what I've stolen. But, but, that wasn't the first thing that he did. What was the first thing that Zacchaeus did? He said, Lord. In other words, he acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord. What's Saul doing here? Remember I said to you, watch the language. Who are you, Lord? With a capital L. What Saul is doing here, what Saul is realizing here, that he's talking to the Lord. Over in Lockerbie, 
There's a little church that was in there yesterday. Gussie's dad was instrumental in, put, in putting a text up in the wall and it's still there. What does it say? Jesus Christ is Lord. And here's a challenge to you today. Can I ask you, before everything else, is Jesus Lord in your life? Is he Lord in your life? Do you know what that means? To acknowledge him as Lord means that what you want to do, you want to worship him. You want to love him. You want to serve him. You want to read your Bible about him and learn about him and all these other things that are going on in your life. All these things that can become great distractors and great problems are all pushed to the side. And like Saul of Tarsus, we start to acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord. Is he your Lord today? Oh, you might know about Jesus. You've heard about him. You hear about him here every Sunday through the choruses, through the preaching. You might even read the Bible and you'll read about Jesus. You'll hear people talking about Jesus. You might even believe in Jesus. We've been thinking of his birth only a few weeks ago. And at Easter we'll be thinking of his death and you'll believe all that. Great. But is he Lord in your life? And we're not talking collectively here. We're talking individually here. Is Jesus Lord in my life? Is he Lord as we, as we think about him? Because you see, you might believe all that stuff. But if he's not Lord, you need Christ today as Savior. And Lord. And this is what Saul had realized right at the very beginning, lying in the dust, and he's acknowledging Jesus as his Lord. Christians today, is Jesus Lord in your life, in my life? It's a humbling thought, isn't it? It's a humbling thought. And here we have Saul of Tarsus. The men around him were speechless. They heard a voice. They saw no one. But this man, Saul of Tarsus, do you know what happened now? Yes, he's on the ground. But he's now been led by the hand. Imagine that. He's had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. He's been absolutely stripped of all the human attributes that he thought he had. And the Lord, and he's been now taken by the hand. And he's been led to Damascus. Instead of Saul leading this party to Damascus, Saul has now been led to Damascus. And you know what else? He cannot see in front of him because he's blind. Oh, the change that God can bring into a life today. Not just a religious experience. Forget about that. 
not just a Bible knowledge, forget about that, but a living relationship with the Lord Jesus that we can call him Lord and all those things that we hang on to. All these things we think in life are important to us. Allows us at times not to acknowledge, not to know him as Lord. But I must move on. So yes, a man advanced in Judaism. Being more exceedingly zealous, it tells us in the Bible. This brilliant mind, this hater of Christians on an evil mission full of aggression with his men. A man who was very well thought of by his masters because, you see, in Jerusalem they had given him letters to go to Damascus. So Saul was well thought of. But the Bible tells us, and Saul reflects on this because he became Paul after that. He reflects on this, but he says this, but when it pleased God to reveal his son, in me. All his self, all his energies were now gone. The man is broken. What an event in the life of Saul. What effect would this vision have on his insight? We know it had a major effect because you see, he was never slow to tell people afterwards about this great experience. In fact, on five different occasions, he testifies in the New Testament about his conversion. In Acts, in Galatians, in Romans, in Philippians, he tells people, this is what happened to me. It was such a life-changing experience. And what Saul had was not from men, not given by men, but it was a revelation of Jesus Christ in his life. He says that, Neither I received it from, my, from man, nor was I taught it, but it came by a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. A light from heaven. The voice speaks to him. He hears the voice. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But you know, we can speculate, can't we? We're not told, but I think we can speculate a little bit. What do you think Saul was thinking about in that moment on the ground in the next three days? He was praying. We read that in Acts chapter 9. But what do you think would be going through his mind? Let's speculate for a moment. Please allow me that to do that. He would be thinking, I'm sure, this was the Jesus that we put in a cross. He had three days to think about this. Jesus, then the one that we put on a cross, was actually God. Imagine the realizations that would be coming into the mind of Saul. This Jesus that we put on a cross, he was actually God. That's what he claimed. Then what Jesus declared about himself was right. And we were wrong. That's what Saul must be thinking. What Jesus had said about himself, it was right. And we were wrong. This meant 
that this man Jesus must have come a long way down from heaven to the very deepest depths at Calvary. And for whom? For whom? And Saul is sitting there and thinking to himself, it was for me. I'm pretty sure Saul would be thinking along those lines in those three days in Damascus and indeed in subsequent days in his life. He would never lose sight of all that stuff. But there's something else. And I like this little thought. You see, remember Saul of Tarsus he was well thought of. He was a brilliant man and all the rest of it. We've, we've talked about that. He was a man going up in life. Saul was a man going up. He was going up to Damascus. He had all the favor of the people in Jerusalem. He had the brilliance and all the rest of it. So he was a man on the way up. But you know something? Jesus was the man coming down. And you see, when the man going up <laughs> met the man coming down, the life of Saul of Tarsus was completely and utterly changed. There is no doubt all this broke Saul. And here this man is realizing who this Savior, the Lord Jesus. Later on in Philippians 2, I think we read it, being in the form of God. This is Saul's writing. Now Paul, he's now reflecting, he's now thinking, he's now sharing with these Philippian believers. Being in the form of God. Can we imagine any higher status than that that Jesus had? He's referring to his Savior here. Being in the form of God. Surrounded by the worship of heaven. If there's only one way that Jesus can move, it's got to be down. And that's what he did. So the man going up met the man coming down. And that was the Lord Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not a prize to have equality with God. This was a position that wasn't grasped after by Jesus. Because Jesus let go of all his glory, of all the splendor that he had. And he came from the very highest and he came to the very lowest. And this is what Saul of Tarsus was realizing in his experience. But let us pass on a little bit from Saul of Tarsus and think of you today. What about your life? We asked earlier, didn't we? Is Jesus Lord? That means he takes first position. That means he displaces all my bad habits, all my wrongdoings, all the things that I want to do with this human flesh of mine that are corrupt and sinful. And what he wants to do, he wants to take center stage in your life and become Lord 
of your life. So that today we could cry out, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? And that is the story. That is the message. That is what we get from the life of Saul of Tarsus, the man who became the Apostle Paul. And he could say later on, oh, wretched man that I am knowing full well where he came from, what he had done, and all the rest of it. But thankfully, he acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord of his life. A man who, yes, was going up, but met the man coming down. And Saul was saved for an eternity. He's now in the presence of his Jesus. But my dear friend, it's a huge lesson for us. That's why these verses are contained in the word of God. Not just for our knowledge, but for our application and for our learning that what happened in this man's life can happen in your life today and my life. And we can go out and say, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. Our God, we give thanks today for our living Savior, the Lord Jesus, that we can call Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord, the Word of God reminds us. And we thank you today, Lord, for the Lordship of Christ that can come into our lives and change us. Our best attempts will fail. Our New Year's resolutions will falter by the way. But we give thanks today, our God, that through the work of the Lord Jesus, we can know Christ as Savior. And like Saul of Tarsus, we can be stripped of all the evil and all the bad things and all the wrong that we've done. And we can acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. So bless us in this way, Lord, as once again we lift up the precious name of Jesus and give thanks for him. Amen. Amen.